0: Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, when Jesus came, one of the first things that he said in the synagogues was, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... You know, when the presence of God comes into the house, it's for a reason. It's because He wants to bring change. And you know, I feel like there's people here this morning who just need a fresh injection of hope into your situation. There's no situation that's too far gone that the Lord cannot change. Amen, who believes that this morning? All of us are facing things Hallelujah, but it's always the Lord's intention that we have victory over the things that we're facing. Amen? So I just feel like as the team keeps playing and maybe sings that song nice and quietly, Great Are You, Lord, I want especially the front row go and find some people to pray for. We're just going to declare hope. Just a quick one, two-minute prayer. We're going to go and pray for someone... Pick someone you didn't come with. If you're not that confident praying, come to the front row and one of the pastors will pray with you. But we're just going to stay in that place, keep worshipping. We're just going to take a moment. You know, God said that, Jesus said, my house should be a house of prayer. So that's what we're going to do right now. If you just go and find someone and uh, let's just take a moment to pray as the team sings. Just declare freedom over them, declare hope over them declare over them your situations not too far gone worship him your people and just like it says in Hebrews 12 1 there that he wants you free of that weight you know it's such a plan of the enemy for his people to be burdened and to have that heaviness and it's like every step that you take is actually hard if you're carrying weight of sin Amen and, and the Lord wants us free of that Pastor Jenkin you got a word?
1: Just want to read this verse Fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen. I just want to close your eyes. I really want to speak this verse over you. If you really have any confusion, if you're anxious about anything, God says, fear not. Just El Shaddai is here. Don't fear about anything because He is going to be with you. The situations might look like you are just facing everything by yourself. But God says, no son, no daughter. I am with you. I am with you. Wherever you walk, I am with you. It might look like you're walking through fire, but Jesus, I am with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is with you. He is your God who has called you by your name. Even before the world was created, even before the foundation of the world was laid down, Jesus has known you and he has called you by your name.
0: Amen. Thanks, Pastor Jenkins. Hallelujah. We're off to a good start. <laughs> All right. Thanks, team. Awesome job there. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap? Thank you, Father. Oh, you got something as well, Pastor Peep? Just
2: that last bit, I can't. Can't I hold that. We're off to a good start. I like that. Um, you know, one of the one of the people that we've been ministered to uh, over the years here at um, Victory Life Broom is a lady called Katie Barker. We really believe the Lord's given her a significant voice to the nation. Another one where it's not just a local church or, you know, an area, but actually to the nation and a voice to the nation and um, uh, quite prophetic. And uh, she doesn't often release a word these days, but she released one back in um, July, which I thought was fantastic. And, and I, I just believe that we have to understand that we're in a new season we're going into a new season as a church and um, i think that's an exciting thing to behold and recognize and not to be afraid of new seasons or new things happening um, it, it, this is a word that she she let uh, uh, an excerpt from the word that she released back on the 31st of July and it, she called it the months of awe okay months of awe at the end of this year many will look back on the months of July to December and see how i brought things to a close tied off areas of the last season, while simultaneously open doors to the new season. They will see these months as the months of awe, for my people will be in awe of all that comes to pass by my hand. Watch for long-awaited details and promises to effortlessly Effortlessly fall into place. I just think, just at the moment, about how some things have fallen into place in regard to the vision for the uh, the childcare centre number at number three next door. Just the way that the Lord's just brought that effortlessly. The timing of it, the discussions that we're having now, and uh, you know, watch for those long-awaited de- details and promises. Uh, to effortlessly fall into place. Many will see Ephesians 3.20 surround the unfolding of their promises, for they will come to pass in ways beyond what they could ask, think, or imagine. As my people see the promises come to pass, they will also be given discernment and understanding on the pathway to the promise and the need for the process they have walked as well as the ways I worked all things for their good in the time of waiting. And, you know, sometimes we wait and we wonder why. We, we do, we say, what is the purpose of this? It, you know, how come I'm, I'm, I'm having to go through this? The Lord's saying, I'll, I'll even give you discernment to understand why and how. Ephesians uh, 3.20, I won't read it to you, but it's a good verse. And he says this, I am rewarding the faithful stand of my people the winds of change are blowing and will gain velocity and intensity in the months to come. I will, blow out, I will blow out that which obstructs and hinders and blow in that which brings advancement and fruitfulness. I love that. You know, the Lord's blowing and there's, you know, sometimes winds blowing every way which... Remember, just before we came up back in 2015, I had a prophetic word over us about the different winds that are here in Broome. And I just love that bit that, you know, he's blowing out those things that obstruct. And he's blowing in those things that brings advancement and fruitfulness. Watch him do it and stand in awe. Amen? Praise the Lord.
0: Yeah, it just reminds me of a prophetic word, actually, that Cass spoke over myself Oh, it was probably about 12 months ago. And she said, I don't really know what this is about, but it's like I just see a big cake <laughs> and it's like there's a cherry that it's just been put on top. And I just knew exactly what it meant. And it was like God saying, everything that you thought I was going to do, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do more. Amen. And that's Ephesians 3.20. You just think about the most amazing thing that the Lord wants to do. And he says, I want to do even more than that. Amen. And it's individualised to each of our situations. He's a personal God. If we look at how Jesus was in the Gospels, he was continuously reaching into people's situations. Amen. He didn't just go and and stand at the synagogue every Sunday and for an hour and I'm unapproachable. It wasn't that. Amen. So we can have faith that he's going to bring change because he's a good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, who's ready for the word this morning? Woo, I've actually done a, a cover page for my message this morning. See if it will come up. There we go. So I'm going to talk this morning about the heart of man. Everyone say, the heart of man." And that's not just a male, it means mankind, so male and female this morning. <laughs> you know, Jesus spoke so much about the heart. Uh, he said that blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So you know, when your heart's pure, you can have that intimacy with the Lord. Uh, it says in Proverbs 4:23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. He also said to the uh, Pharisees, you know, they they came at Jesus and they said, why aren't your disciples washing themselves uh, before they come and eat a meal? Why is that not happening? You know, they were so caught up on their traditions. And it's interesting, actually, that when you go to Israel, uh, the entrance of the Western Wall, they still have a fountain and you see the Jewish people uh, go and wash their hands and then there's cups and pitchers and and then they'll go into the Western Wall for prayer. So that's quite interesting that those traditions have carried uh, carried on. But Jesus said, uh, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And that goes for every single one of us. He's really interested in our hearts. Amen, hearts first and everything else will follow. Hallelujah. And so it's no surprise that the enemy is after our heart. You know, the enemy's always wanting to plant plant seeds of doubt, uh, seeds of anxiety, seeds of fear. They're all fruit from him. And so we guard our hearts. So we're just gonna take a moment now to open up our hearts so we can all receive the word, amen. So Father God, this morning, we just open our hearts to you, Lord God. Father, that this morning not just be information, Lord God, but let it be revelation, Father, that reaches into every single person's situation this morning. Father, it says in your word that it's the truth that'll set us free. So we just thank you, Father God, for people receiving truth this morning, Lord, In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So we have a look at this here. That one's going to work. Nearly there. Nope. I thought I'd go visual today, for those who are visual learners. There we go, okay. So the condition of your heart matters. So two types of soil here. You can see that uh, one's hard soil. And one's a soil that's been prepped and ready. Amen. Which one's going to be fruitful? It's the one that's going to be prepped and ready. Hallelujah. And you know, even if your heart is in that condition, you're just one seed of God's word from bringing change. And the Bible also says that the word of God is like water, the washing of the water of the word. Amen? So the condition of your heart matters. So this morning, we're going to look at causes of hardened heart. We're going to look at um, guarding our heart during trials. You know, disappointment can sometimes sneak in. Uh, And we're going to look at actually what the gospel did for the heart of man. Amen? So we'll start first with that. The first thing that I want to say about a cause of a hardened heart is that if we are more mindful of natural things what's going on in the natural situation versus uh, what the Word of God says about our situation, we're actually gonna harden to the things of God. And you know, this isn't only for uh, believers. This is for uh, unbelievers and believers. Uh, Jesus actually rebukes the disciples. Uh, and there was a time when uh, he fed the 5,000, uh, he fed the 4,000, and then he starts talking to them about the leaven of the Pharisees. And he starts saying, uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. But the disciples start arguing and saying, it's because we didn't bring bread. That's why he's saying that. It's because we didn't bring bread." And he says, are your hearts still hardened? And so being mindful of natural things versus mindful of spiritual things is something that we all need to pay attention to. Okay, Mark 4, 24 and 25 So, this is an interesting spiritual concept. It says, and he was saying to them, Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given besides. 25 For whoever has, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he does have will be taken away from him. And so. This is an area that we need to be disciplined in as believers. You know, I wish it were, oh, you can just think about whatever you want, you can just say whatever you want. It's actually not that. We need to bring our thoughts into line with the Word of God. And you know, if we think about different areas of our lives, you know, marriage, kids, finances, all these areas that affect every single one of us, we wanna have truth stacked up in every area that we're living out of versus uh, what the world brings, what our emotions are saying. Who knows that your emotions don't always line up with the Word of God? And that's why it's walking by faith. Amen. You know, my mum, bless her, when I was going to Israel, she was saying, uh, just, I'm really worried about you. I don't know what it's like over there, you know? And she sort of started, and and it was from a good heart. And I said, Mum, I don't need you to worry for me. I need you to pray for me. I need some truth stacked up in that area, hallelujah, before I go over there. Because Psalm 103 says the angels hearken to the word of the Lord. You want to make the angels flat out over your situation. (laughs) Amen? Flat out over Broome because the church is praying. Greg and I were sitting uh, the other day and he said it, because he's a farmer, and he started talking about how when farmers uh, plant, often they make furrows. Are there any farmers here? Any farmers? So they make furrows in the soil to plant seeds. And I thought that's really interesting because the furrow was obviously the low point. Amen, And that's what it's like when we plant the seed of the Word of God in those low points of our life, in those areas that we are struggling with, instead of them being low points and areas of struggle and doubt, what will actually happen is those areas are going to become areas of breakthrough because you've planted the seed of God's Word. Hallelujah. And that's always His design when we do go through those struggles, when we do go through doubt, when we face difficult situations. He says, uh, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He didn't say, my strength is made perfect in your strength. He just didn't say that, amen? Okay, let's look at the next point. Hardened heart through disappointments and trials. So this is a really important one, you know. I mean, just working with uh, someone in my family, extended family member who lives down south and uh, they're on a healing journey and so we kind of talk on the phone once a month and I, I'm saying to them, you know, how are you going, how are you feeling about this. And I really want to make sure that uh, discouragement, that bitterness hasn't gotten into their heart about this journey that they're on. Amen. Because remember the pictures that I showed you, uh, you'll have uh, a struggle. It'll get, your heart will get hard if we allow the, that bitterness into our hearts And that's where we have to guard our heart, amen. So trusting in the faithfulness of a father when we are going through those difficult circumstances. 2 Timothy uh, 2.13 says, if we are faithless and do not believe and are untrue to him, he remains true and faithful to his word for he cannot deny himself. You know, so when we have, uh, you know, we're looking for, we have a goal, but then we have this big gap of what we thought would happen and then what doesn't happen, sometimes we can fill that gap there with uh, bitterness, with disappointment. But it's in those times when we have those failed expectations that we trust in the faithfulness of a father. So, you know, even when we think, oh, I haven't spoken the word like I should have, or, you know, perhaps I missed it, it says right there, that God remains faithful and true. Amen. There's a passage in John 8, 29, when the Pharisees are just coming at Jesus and they're questioning him and they're accusing him. And he just stops and he says in John 8, 29, he who has sent me is with me and the father has not left me alone. Amen. So we rest in his faithfulness, even when we miss it, which whose performance is perfect all the time? No one's. Amen. So that's when we rest in his faithfulness. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 shows us the uh, the characteristics of a soft heart. It says, Become useful and helpful and kind to one another. It says, Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted and forgiving. You know, we see that the Pharisees in Scripture kind of had the opposite to that. They were constantly looking uh, to condemn and accuse and criticise. Amen. That's a characteristic of a hardened heart. Okay, next one. Knowing what happened at the root so we can go after the fruit. We had a a lovely neighbour come and drop us off a big planter box and uh, he noticed that the girls liked flowers, so he planted some lovely flowers, dropped this planter box off at our door, but there was some little plants on the side of it as well and I thought, oh, what are they? It's interesting, and I kind of went and had a bit of a look and I thought, oh, I'm pretty sure it's parsley. And so I was cooking a few weeks ago and uh, I thought, oh, I'd really like to put some parsley in this bag bowl. and I went out there and as I had a closer look and I smelt it, I thought, what is that? That's not parsley. And I think, that must be celery or something else. And so I really didn't have any great expectation of what I was going to be picking because I didn't know what was planted at the root. And I share that story because all of us need to know what the gospel of Jesus Christ did at our hearts. And so if we look at Numbers uh, chapter 9, you guys can all turn there and we're going to share an example of how the Israelites had hardened hearts Numbers chapter 9, because, you know, the, the old covenant was unfinished business. It didn't touch the heart of man. It touched the fruit, you know, behaviour. The law was sin and death, but it actually did nothing to affect the heart of man. But under the new covenant, it's different. So Numbers chapter 9, 15 to 18, and it says, On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. But from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they travelled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. And so if you have a think about it, these people were seeing the supernatural on a daily basis. They literally seen the cloud of God lift over the tabernacle, and that would mean it was time to walk and follow where God wanted them to go. And at night, they seen with their eyes the fire. Isn't that amazing? But the thing is because the old covenant did nothing to change the heart of man it wasn't enough and if we look at jeremiah 17:9 to 10 we see the condition of uh, mankind's heart before christ jeremiah 17:9 says the heart is deceitful above all things it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely and morally sick Who can know it, perceive it and understand it and be acquainted with his own mind and heart? So the heart of mankind needed ransoming. It needed releasing from that bondage. And that's where it's so important that we as believers know what God did in Christ and how that relates to every single one of us. So if we just have a look at Jeremiah 31, 31, Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one. Who's in their Bibles? I don't have all of the scriptures up, so <laughs> tricky, guys. Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one. So it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. And so that's really important to know. The way God led the Israelites was by the hand. It was just pulling them along by the hand. This is what you're going to do. There was no heart. You know, if I'm pulling my kids along by the hand, it's come on, dragging you along, rather than them willingly and freely wanting to follow. And then it says... But this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days. I'll put my law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbour and every man his brother. Say, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of the greatest, says the Lord. And I'll forgive their iniquity and their sins I'll remember no more. And so that's why Jesus said in the Gospels, repent, turn from your wicked ways, but then believe in the Gospel. So we can't spend all of our time, you know, fighting the enemy and fighting his works. At some point or another, we have to put faith in what God did in our hearts. Every single one of us as New Covenant believers is filled with his character, his nature. You know, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. You know, like when I go out and pick that plant, that's what I want to expect. If I walk into a situation, I want to have faith knowing that that's what I'm going to respond from. And so the enemy a lot of the time will keep us in condemnation and that's something that stops confidence of heart is my next point. First John three twenty twenty one says, "For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things." Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence. Uh, we have confidence towards God. Let's have a look at the next slide. Missed that one. Okay, so this is really important. My blessing. Be to God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So, whenever we face a situation, and I really felt like this was particularly relating to um, us as believers having impact on those that are around us. You know, if we are meeting up with unbelievers, God wants us to have impact and influence. You got to know that your shed is fully stocked with every single heavenly blessing in the heavenly realms to reach the people that you're around. Amen? Greg and I are uh, doing some plans for a house that we're building and uh, I said to Greg, your shed's got to be really big. Let's get you an awesome shed because I know you're going to hang out in it. Let's get the air con... Let's let's get, even get a bed in there. No, I'm joking, we don't need a bed in there. But we want it stocked with every single thing you could ever want. You know, when I was growing up, I lived with my mum for most of the time and she just had this tiny little, you know those Bunnings garden sheds? They're like two by two. I... I don't even know what's in there. You just don't want to go in there. There's probably an old mole that doesn't even work and a thousand spiders. There's nothing really in there. You know, the enemy wants you to think when you go into a situation that you've got that little tiny garden shed, do I have anything I can pull from? That's not what the scripture says. Whenever we face a situation, it's every single heavenly blessing in the heavenly realms, Amen. We're designed to have impact and influence on those around us. And let's look at the next verse. So it says, Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. So if you think about standing before God right now, just close your eyes, if you can just close your eyes right now and just think about being in the presence of God. Every single one of us right now should be thinking that I'm blameless in your sight, Lord. There's not one thing that the enemy can put over you that hasn't been paid for by the blood of Christ. Amen, blameless in his sight. And if you have anything else when you approach God, any other thought than that, start meditating on that. You can open your eyes now. Start meditating on Ephesians 1.4 and just speak it out. I'm blameless in his sight. Can you say that? I'm blameless in his sight. Uh, we had a, a funny situation where my youngest sister really wanted these concert tickets. And um, she said, Jess, do you mind getting on your laptop and trying to get them? Because apparently half a million people are gonna be trying to get on and get these concert tickets. And I was like, all right, I'm actually home for the morning, so no worries, I'll do that. And so I had my laptop, my phone, Greg's laptop. Greg actually took a photo because he thought, that's hilarious you're doing that. And so anyway, we sat there for about six hours and the first show, I think Melbourne sold out and then Sydney was released and my sister was just hysterical that she didn't get the first set. Hopefully we can get the second set. My sister's not a believer yet, but uh, I, I said, Lord, I want to get these concert tickets just so she knows that you're on her side and that you love her and that you're a God that reaches into situations. Anyway, so what's en- what ends up happening is, guess who gets the tickets? <laughs> So I see you go through to the next screen and I was like shaking. I'm calling her, I'm through, I'm through. What, do you, what seats do you want? And they're selling out. You've got like five minutes to try and get these, these seats and picking these two. They're gone by the time I get to the checkout. Anyway, we ended up getting the seats. And she said something like, Oh, Jess, I, I knew that you would get them because God answers your prayers. And I thought, you know what? As cute as it is, we actually all have the same access to God's presence. Amen. It's, it's not a status thing. It's nothing about that. And I just want to put these two pictures up because I thought this was a good illustration. Okay, so that. Obviously one image. What, what do you, when you look at that picture, what do you think? Just shout out some words. Bold. Bold. What was that? Attack. Fearless. Thanks, Jim. There's such a boldness there, isn't it? Awesome. Teamwork. Love it. Let's look at the next one. They're just totally opposite pictures. Both are cats though, right? But see, the difference between a Christian being like the lion versus being like the household cat is thinking how you got your access. If I think that I got my access by any merit of my own good, I've really read my Bible lots this week, I've really prayed lots, or my service to God has been amazing, my prayers are gonna be answered. Eventually, I'm going to come to this one. But if I know the truth that God's Word says, that I've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness through Jesus, it's only through Him, your access is going to be bold, confident, full of expectation every single time. Amen? You know, Jesus said in John chapter 10, everyone who came another way except by the door are thieves and robbers. So there's no transformation outside the gospel. We only look for solutions for every single one of our problems inside the gospel of Jesus Christ. Positive thinking's not enough. You know, what I've got in myself, that's not enough. It's through the blood of Jesus. And that will give you that bold access every single time You know, how could he say to the woman caught in the act of adultery, Woman, where are your accusers? Nowhere, Lord. Does no one condemn you? He said, Neither do I condemn you. How could he say that? How could he say, Neither do I condemn you? Because he was the one who paid for it. Only him. Amen. I just feel like the Lord also just wants to bring a fresh revelation of actually what the gospel is. You know, sometimes we can really cloud it with a heap of religious ideas, but that's what the gospel is. It's the gospel of grace. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And so that's how we're going to have boldness of heart, confidence of heart, knowing that there's not one thing that wasn't defeated on the cross. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand... We'll just get the team back up. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. just enjoy the presence of God for a minute longer. So Father God, we just open our hearts up to you, Father God. Lord, we just speak to every heart that perhaps has let in that root of bitterness. Father, every heart that perhaps has let in disappointment during a trial. And Father God, we just speak fresh hope into those situations, Lord God. We just open up our hearts afresh to you this morning, Lord God. Father, that the heart of a man matters, Lord God. And Father, I just pray a revelation for every single person. Father God, that the heart of man was changed at the cross. Father, that your word says, for him who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we just thank you, Father, that your people are bold here this morning, Lord God, that your people are not defeated in their circumstances, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here, Lord God. Such a revelation, Father, of who we are and the impact we can have, Lord God. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms is ours to access, Father, not by any merit of what we've done, Lord God, but all by what you've done, Father.